There are people who have made an industry out of keeping you afraid regarding COVID. We're really trying to keep all of America afraid regarding COVID. From Dr. Fauci to celebrity to news outlets with some pretty interesting determinations on what they consider a headline. What we're hearing a lot about is this report, Israel COVID-19 study finds South Africa variant able to break through the Pfizer vaccine. So now you got to worry about the South African variant, which I'm not even sure you're allowed to call the South African variant. Because if you are, I can clearly call it the Wuhan virus. No, wait, I can't. I can't call it the Wuhan virus because that's racist, but I can call it the South African variant? Okay, then. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com and get the podcast. Subscribe, like, follow, whatever it is you have to do. It's free, people. Just go get that done. I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, there are variants out there. There's a British variant out there. B117 is, is a variant. But let's start with this headline. Or... Should we start with Dr. Anthony Fauci, in his own words, discussing how it's not okay for vaccinated people to go outside and eat and drink in a restaurant and, I don't know, live their lives? No, it's still not okay for the simple reason that the level of infection, the dynamics of infection in the community are still really disturbingly high. Like just yesterday, there were close to 80,000 new infections, and we've been hanging around 60, 70, 75,000. So if you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated as soon as vaccine becomes available to you. And if you are vaccinated, please remember that you still have to be careful and not get involved in crowded situations, particularly indoors where people are not wearing masks. And for the time being, until we show definitively that a person who's vaccinated does not get the subclinical infection and can spread to others, you should also continue to wear a mask for the time being. What's the point of being vaccinated if I can't go live my life? What's the point of being vaccinated if I can't go get a beer? Now, if you say to me, you can handle not getting a beer, maybe I can, but the place that sells beer can't. And that usually comes from journalists who never got laid off a day in their lives. Or at least from this. Over the past year, they didn't lose any money. People who have no skin in the game. Telling other people they should suffer. Oh, that's just the way it goes. Oh, it's for the good of society, don't you know? There was never a moment for lockdowns. You cannot shut down society to save it, as we know. But what a thing for him to say. We've been hanging around 60,000, 70, 75,000 infections. But yesterday we came close to 80,000 new infections, right? Whenever he was saying this over the, you know, the other day, I should say. Came close to 80,000. You mean we had 75,000 and we came close to 80,000 and that's why you're panicking? No, no, not panicking. Panicking's the wrong word. Pushing the same mantra. He's got a whole list of things 
that he wouldn't do, even if you're fully vaccinated, according to Health Insider, from the people at Business Insider. They uh, they're now to the place where maybe they'll allow people inside their house, but movie theaters are out. That's still of concern. Eating in a bar or restaurant with maskless people? Nope, nope. That's that's totally not allowed. Travel? Nope. That's not gonna gonna happen. What uh, whatsoever? He's got a whole world where you shouldn't do nothing. Do you believe in that in a world where you should do nothing? The answer is you shouldn't. You don't create a better, stronger, safer society that way. There is a reason why people don't trust Anthony Fauci, and I'm one of those people. Absolutely not. If I wanted a clinical understanding of a specific virus, I would go to him. If I wanted to know how to run a society, I wouldn't let him near anybody in leadership. He's an unserious man. Not because I say so, but because he said so. But understand he's not the only one. Governor Gretchen Whitmer. She doesn't want people going out and, uh, and, 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 and doing spring break. And certainly, do not go to Florida. Evil, terrible, horrible, nasty Florida. Oh, my gosh. Those people actually think they can get on with their lives, the bastards. So uh, she's saying to people, don't you dare go to Florida. And one of her aides, one of the people who works with her, uh, she went down to Florida with a bunch of friends, and they're all hanging out. They're arm in arm. They're kissing each other on the cheek. They're hugging up, and uh, she took pictures of them. That, that, that's what she did. That's what she did. Went to Florida with friends and took pictures. That is hilarious. When this got noted and the pictures posted by Breitbart.com, Gretchen Whitmer's press secretary acknowledged that the pictures were from this woman's Facebook page, but called the Breitbart article a, quote, partisan hack from a garbage white nationalist website. What the? Do you see how easy that is for them? They don't need to engage the fact uh, of their own hypocrisy. They don't need to accept the fact that their own people have failed. Uh, They don't need to uh, understand or, or begin to comprehend that some people actually want to go have a good time. And they're outdoors. Now, if you want to argue they're all too close to each other, well, I guess they didn't get the Whitmer message. Right? But you're going to call Breitbart and white nationalist website for noticing that one of your own people didn't listen to your rules? See what happens? They get caught not living up to their own code, which is, a, you know, that's, that's what Alinsky taught. Alinsky taught people to, to live up to their, to their own code. You make, you make the other side live up to their own code. It's, it's Alinsky being used back on them. And so the answer is, well, they're just white supremacists. Now, Breitbart is not a white supremacist website. I don't think anything run by Joel Pollack is a white supremacist website. But even if they were, it doesn't change the fact that Whitmer's team engaged in some hypocrisy here. And they got caught. Honestly, it's Gary Hart. You might as well just said, hey, follow me. There he is on the monkey business.
<laughs> but that brings us to the story about Israel. This Israel COVID story finds that the South African variant is able to break through the Pfizer vaccine. It proved to be eight times more prevalent among tested patients. Right? So what they found is that the variant among patients who received both doses of the vaccine was around eight times higher than those unvaccinated, 5.4% versus 0.7%. It compared over 400 people who received at least one shot of the vaccine and contracted the coronavirus with the same number who were infected and unvaccinated. And they found a disproportionately higher rate of South African variant among people vaccinated with a second dose compared to the unvaccinated group. What an interesting thing. Although it still requires peer review to verify the results. Now, one of the things that in in what I've just read to you is that it does not discuss whether or not people who got the vaccine were ill. What was the effect of, of, or who got the variant, I should say, were ill. It doesn't share with us the effect of the variant. And so, of course, people ran with this headline. They ran with the headline that the South African variant can break through the Pfizer vaccine. But some people noticed uh, that when you take a look at B.1.351, uh, right, which is, I believe, the South African variant, that's how it's referred to, right? Like the, the British variant is B.117. Um, one of the things that they noted that this variant has a hard time spreading. That the vaccine resistance is not the same as antibiotic resistance. So here's the summary. I want to read it to you as it's written. And maybe you're a better, better, better medical mind than I am. These results overall suggest that vaccine breakthrough infection is more frequent with both VOCs, yet a combination of mass vaccination with two doses coupled with non-pharmaceutical interventions control and contain their spread. So to notice something, but to also notice that it isn't that just because it can break through doesn't mean it then does something else. Doesn't mean that it then spreads to everybody you know. Zero cases beyond 14 days after the second dose, as somebody wrote. The point is very, very clear that while you could see these things happen where the vaccine works on this and works on this and has a little bit of difficulty over here, that doesn't mean that that person now becomes the super spreader and everybody gets it and it goes like wildfire into the society like COVID-19 did. They wrote a headline to scare the living crap out of you without digging into what the story is because that part is completely and totally irrelevant. I guess people don't read.
They just throw headlines and throw fear. Let's not. Let's not be the people who are engaged in that fear. This story is an argument for getting vaccinized or vaccinated, vaccinized, immunized, vaccinated. Thank you, Tony. And then bringing the ability of the variants to spread with efficacy to zero or to as much of a zero as possible. That's what the story tells. That even if it can get through, we're not seeing the spread. And of course, that's today's data. Data six months from now is going to change. What shouldn't change is your willingness to understand that there's no need to live in fear. What should change is Anthony Fauci and these people in the media trying desperately to scare the living crap and negative the living daylights out of everybody. It's just wrong. I'm Tony Katz. A lot of people making a lot of hay out of President Trump's speech Saturday at Mar-a-Lago. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. He was rude, he was mean, he called, what he call uh, uh, Mitch McConnell? I think he called him an SOB. He did not right? use the abbreviation, but yes. Yeah, he didn't use the abbreviation. He, 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 he went full. A stone-cold loser, he called him. Said how disappointed he was in uh, in in Mike Pence for not sending uh, the 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 not he should never have certified he should have uh, quite simply uh, sent the the election back to the states which he doesn't have the power to do he never could have done uh, such a thing um. And some people left, according to sources, saying, you know, it's just the same old, same old. No vision for, for, for the future. So I'll give you two things. Number one is, I think for a, a, a lot of people, that the, the idea of fighting is the vision for the future. So I, I don't think it's a question um, of... I don't think it's a question of, well, what new vision did he have for getting the House, getting the Senate, uh, getting back the presidency in 24? I think that the fight is, is the plan. I don't think that if you went to see him, you should be surprised that he didn't lay out some kind of, of grandiose vision. If he wants to be mad at Mitch McConnell... He is more than welcome to, just in the same way Mitch McConnell is more than welcome to be sad, uh, be angry with with, uh, uh, Donald Trump. They both have an argument, actually. And I guess, you know, people could see it differently as to which argument is is more uh, effective. Um, If you had just said $2,000 payments, right, just agreed uh, to that. You could have won at least one of the seats in Georgia, and you'd still have control of the Senate right now. And a lot of this nonsense wouldn't be happening. The McConnell team would say, if you had just kept your damn mouth closed and stopped talking about woe is you for five minutes, we'd have control of the Senate anyway. I mean, it's, it's, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, and pick them. Right? 
everyone could go about the fight. I think the answer in all the cases is yes. Did I oppose the payments, more payments? Yes. Do I still? Yes. Is that because I didn't get them? Maybe. Right? Uh, The stimulus payment here and there. I always favored a targeted kind of thing to people who actually were impacted. But Donald Trump didn't do anybody any favors in the way he went about, for example, the state of Georgia, because you were still trying to win the Senate there. And yes, it might require a different conversation. Did Donald Trump do anything wrong in noting the problems in the election? I don't think so. I really don't. Did he inspire a riot? Again, you can't get me to buy into that. Is he guilty of insurrection? We, we, that's just laughable. We could stop right there. I, I, you know, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. But they're going to they're gonna continue to, to fight until the moment, of course, where they don't. This is the thing you have to remember about Donald Trump. The most important thing you have to remember about Donald Trump. This was the thing to say until there's something else to say. When Donald Trump picks an enemy, right? And that, that's the enemy of the moment. That's the enemy du jour. Might as well come with a side of soup. It's just what he does. There will be a moment where Mitch McConnell goes to see him in Mar-a-Lago. And they'll shake hands and maybe a hug. It's so great to see my good friend. You know, he's a, he's a tough guy. You know, we disagree about some things. Why? That, that won't happen? But you know as well as I do it could. So I put very little stock into this event at Mar-a-Lago. People, he doesn't have a vision. Eh. Can he raise money and get people elected? It's the only thing that matters. He's in a fight with Mitch McConnell. All right. Now, the stuff about Mike Pence, I'm very curious to see what Mike Pence says in his new book. It's a $4 million deal with Simon & Schuster? Huh. This is Tony Katz today. For a lot of school districts that aren't back to full time, There's a conversation of whether or not we're discussing the teachers' union or we're discussing teachers. Now, where I live, I'm telling you, I think the teachers have been excellent. And I haven't heard too much of the teachers' union even being a problem. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Go to TonyKatz.com and get the podcast. And don't forget the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast, which you can get at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. It's bourbon and cigars, and it's... It's very, very funny. Nice diversion from the political insanity. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Get the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. It's called Eat, Drink, Smoke. And write a review and do the whole thing. Uh, always good to have a diversion. Always good to have a hobby. That's, I, I, I didn't know that I, that I had one. I just turned them all into businesses. All my, my hobby was politics, and I started doing this. My hobby was cigars. I started doing the show. I, whatever I do next, that's going to be a thing, too. It's just the way it works for me, right? I, you know, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. Bullcrap, you're still working, people. I'm just, just so we're all perfectly clear. Where I live, I'm not having a problem with teachers. Now, even though our, our schools are not back full time, they're on a hybrid. They're one day on, one day off, which I, I don't approve of. I want to be clear about that. 
Uh, and there was a conversation they were going to go back to full-time, and then they said, no, we'll just keep it this way till the end of the year. They did what was easier on them, certainly not what was easier or better or smarter or more valuable for the parents or the student. I say that clearly. I haven't had a problem with the teachers. I've been, I've been mostly pleased. And I, and I say so, but not every place has been like that. And certainly in Chicago, you have the teachers' union, which was supposed to go back April 19th. And like, you know what? On second thought, maybe not. On second thought, you have to vaccinate every student and every family member. Every student and every family member. Well, that's one heck of a request. That's one heck of a request. They're basically saying, yeah, we just want to get paid and not go back. California is happening the same way. There's a video of uh, teachers from the San Marcos Unified School District. And they're on a Zoom call with students. With students. And they are complaining and angry. And they're angry at who? Not the students, but the students' parents for thinking that they should be allowed to, that, that they should go back to in-person learning. How dare you? And one student starts getting into a conversation and he gets told he has white privilege. Out. The haters did. People. They are forced to bring awareness to the situation that they are in because other people put them in that situation. Well, my question is, in this case, where is the uh, white suit union? Because, because we, we need all race. You need equality. a white student union, Jay. Oh. You get everything. Okay. That's a weird conversation. I agree. A conversation about racism. And then it gets into your parents think they know how to educate. Your parent wants to talk to me about their profession and their opinion on their profession. I would love to hear that. I know very little about anything else in the world other than education, okay? However, if your parent wants to come talk to me about how I'm not doing a good enough job in distance learning based on what you need as an individual, just dare them to come at me. Because I'm so sick to my stomach of parents trying to tell educators how to do their job. I have never once gone to a doctor's appointment and tried to tell my medical health provider how to treat me. You know why? Because I know nothing about that. I didn't get my degree in medicine. I am going off. I'm sorry. This is my go off period. I'm glad this is your go off period. Um, There's a teacher worth firing. Now, I would also fire the teacher who's screaming at students that you're white, you get everything, right? There, there's just no, no place for that insanity. But let's take a step back. And it's important for the teacher to understand, and I would say this to teachers nose to nose, right? I am not angry with teachers. I believe teachers should be treated as professionals. I have said this about the classroom numerous times. I'm not interested in the student being in charge. I'm interested in the teacher being in charge. And disruptive students should be removed from the classroom. No one should be forced to deal with a disruptive student. Consistent, continual disruptions in the classroom where other kids can't learn. I have no problem with making sure that a teacher is shown respect. But when you aren't willing to show up to the classroom, we're going to have words.
And if your statement is, come at me, I will gladly come at you. So let's start with the basic question. Is that what you really want? It's like when people say to me, uh, I dare you to tell my kids that. You really want me talking to your kids? Okay, where are they? Where are the little munchkins, the rascals? I'm going to have a talk with them about life. If you really want it, I'm happy to do it. Now, plenty of people let their kids listen to the show. I'm talking to kids all the time. I don't change the way I speak. Oh, no, 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 no. You ask my children. I don't lie to them about anything. I, I don't come up with funny words for the boy parts and the girl parts. No, no, no. I tell you what's up. I don't lie. I spent years lying to myself and lying to others. I don't do that. My life got better the second I stopped doing that. I'm never going back. You really want me to, to, to come at you? Okay. You get yourself back in the classroom. Because an educator who isn't in the classroom and refuses to educate in the classroom isn't necessary. For what reason do we build these big, beautiful schools and pay you all this money? Oh, it's not enough money? I think it's too much money in this situation. Why can't we do all schooling online and have our property taxes cut in half? The very function of the teacher, the very existence of the teacher in today's methodology And this is, oh, oh, teachers are going to hate this. But follow me. The teacher exists on the excesses of capitalism. All teachers across the country exist on the excesses of people who go to work and earn money and pay those taxes to pay them. The person who goes to work and earns the money and pays the teacher didn't give up their rights to educating their child because you got a degree. As if somehow a degree is what makes somebody fully formed. It's a pseudo-intellectual argument being made by this teacher that somehow because I have a degree in education, only I can decide what education is. That's not the way it goes. How do I know this? Because there are many times a doctor will say, well, you need surgery on that leg. And you'll be like, yeah, I'm going to get a second opinion. A second opinion? I'm the doctor. Notice all the degrees on the wall. I told you what has to happen. Yeah, I'm going to get a second opinion. The act of getting the second opinion is to understand exactly what it is we go to experts for. We go to experts for advice. But we decide whether or not we take it. And sometimes you're right to get the surgery, and sometimes it's wrong to get the surgery. And you go to somebody else, like, no, no, you don't need a surgery. You take this, you're going to do this exercise, you're going to do this thing over here. No, no, you don't need that surgery, you need just a little one. These things happen all the time. The teacher is not infallible. And we are not having with the teacher in this situation an argument about the style of teaching in terms of the curriculum. We're having an argument about whether or not we're in the classroom. And no, teacher from the San Marcos Unified School District, you are not qualified to say you won't go back. Get yourself in the classroom or we'll get somebody who will. The parent matters greatly.
And just like the teacher should be treated with respect, the parents should be treated with respect as well. And these teachers don't have respect for parents. These unions in California and in Chicago, the ones we've seen out of Loudoun County in Virginia and other places, have no respect for the parents. The parents should just shut up, pay the taxes, and just smile and be thankful we're there to help their poor little children and their mushy brains become somebody. That isn't how it works. It's not how it works. If that's how it works, you're not necessary. We'll go back to the one-room schoolhouse. We'll do it. We don't need you. What do you think? People won't educate their children if the entire school system fails, which a lot of them are doing right now? Of course they will. They'll just do it differently. They're sure as hell not going to pay property taxes to do it. We no longer need palaces. There is a high school near me. I swear to you, I, 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 uh, my, my, my kid was in, 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 a, in a competition. Right, and so we went to go see the, the competition. I'd never been in this high school before. And we walked through the cafeteria. I have seen mall food courts not look this amazing and not have this variety. No, it wasn't open. It was, it, was, it was a weekend, but they literally, they had the pizza station, they got the soda station. I think they had a carving station. They might have done weddings. It was unbelievable how beautiful this place was. If the kid isn't going to show up, none of that is necessary. Now, I would argue that none of that is necessary anyway. But if you think we're, we are going to come at you, right? You're going to get all tough with us. We don't need any of this. Take the whole building and sublet it to Amazon and they can use it as a distribution center. And oh, look, they already got the built-in food court. They can feed all the employees. Ain't that great? We'll cut the property taxes in half. Three quarters. We're going to keep three quarters, and we'll educate the kids ourselves. That's our plan. These parents are out of control. I'm sorry, not the parents. These teachers are out of control, and these parents need to get these teachers back in control. But it's not always the teacher. It is very often the union. Now, in this case, it's a teacher. A pseudo-intellectual who actually knows nothing about what's best for my kid. My kid should be in school five days a week. But if you're not going to provide for it, I'll provide for it. But I'm not paying you not to provide for it. Forget you. That's got to be our plan. That's got to be the focus of parents all across the country. I think you should respect teachers. I think these teachers and these unions better damn well respect the parents. Or the parents will and should find another way. I'm Tony Katz. We all understand that in this infrastructure bill, this is actually just a cover for the Green New Deal, and it's a bad one. And it's not because I say so. It's because, well, they said so. Very often I come with an opinion, right? A thought, an idea. Me, I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today, the podcast at TonyKatz.com. But very often what we do here, I think we do a pretty good job of it, is exposing what it is that they are saying. And I think that's what angers people about this show. 
We're exposing what it is that's really happening, connecting the dots. But how can you tell us that we're saying something wrong when we're clearly just looking at what it is that other people are saying? (laughs) Drive some people crazy. I think that's why the show is growing, and I greatly appreciate it. Really and truly do. This infrastructure conversation, I think, has very much blown up in the Biden administration's face. Because as you started reading all the money in this $2.2 trillion phase one, you realize that this isn't about infrastructure. And you realize that when you have senators out there saying child care is, is infrastructure, you're like, what in the world is going on here? And that's when you realize that this is just a back ending into the Green New Deal. When you have Joe Biden discuss an infrastructure deal as being important for creating good jobs. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying that people aren't going to work because things are going to get rebuilt, but it's a jobs program? Or is it about making sure that the bridges work? I think we should make sure the bridges work. Some people are going to get jobs. But it's, it's, it's clear that There are a lot of moving parts that they have within this infrastructure conversation, and no one's on the same page because infrastructure infrastructure means, well, everything to everyone. Isn't that right, Uh, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg? Well, I'll say that I've heard a lot of uh, voices from across the aisle also expressing concern about whether America is falling behind in any number of, of strategic and, and economic uh, dimensions. And uh, again, a lot of that depends on uh, what we're investing. And, and this is nothing new, right? I mean, part of what made the interstate highway system so important was an understanding uh, that our national security uh, in the Eisenhower era was 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 well served um, by making sure that we had a, a more connected economy and country uh, that we're not in the Cold War and this is not the Eisenhower era but that principle that national security is at stake uh, applies especially when you consider that today one of the biggest threats to our national security uh, is the global security threat posed by climate change so now infrastructure is child care and health care and climate change is there is there anything that that it isn't and oh, by the way, uh, there's nothing uh, uh, about health care or nothing about infrastructure that a good, uh, a good old-fashioned tax increase can't take care of. For taxes, and uh, the president believes very strongly that uh, this is not something that should burden uh, ordinary American families at a time when we've got so many corporations that have paid literally zero. And I also would argue that there's ample evidence that American corporations can be competitive uh, at a tax rate like 28 for the simple reason that they were extremely competitive at a tax rate like 35. If they could handle 35, surely they can handle 28. So government's going to decide what it is that the business can handle. They there's this belief that somehow the corporate tax rate won't actually affect the end user, meaning the customer in what they spend. I'm not so sure that's true. But they're everywhere on this infrastructure package as because they're trying to cover for the fact that it's not about infrastructure. I wish it was. I'm down for that. This is about way more. This is about ideological insanity. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. This is Tony Katz Today.